Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, my name's Richard Moss, and I make a podcast called The Life and Times of Video Games. It's a narrative and documentary-style show about games' history and how the medium has evolved over time. Each episode or bonus interview soundbite delves into some aspect of the ups and downs of the industry, or the design, development, and legacy of the best or most interesting games ever made. It's all carefully edited, complete with original music and sound design, and a mix of interviews and deep research. All set up to tell you a great story about the secret worlds behind or within video games. I hope you enjoy the show. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Did you know that ArtCast is on Patreon? Well, now you do. So go check out patreon.com slash ArtCast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support, or you could join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. So once again, that's patreon.com slash ArtCast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 191 of the Arcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who wants to be sedated 24 hours ago, Robert Workman. Well, you know, I'm just, it's the new year, 2020, so 2024 hours ago. I, I'm sorry, I'm feeling yeah. sedated by you announcing me like that. Usually I'm energetic. Yeah, I get through 2020 somehow, right? You know, it's, it's our Guitar Hero episode. I kind of expected a Trogdor reference of some kind. Well, it's a Ramones reference in this case, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are we are taking a look back at this legendary music series, which for the past decade, nobody could be without it. It was just like one of those, you got to rock on with it and everything. And so for that, we wanted to bring in a special guest that is known for Guitar Hero. She's been rocking her videos over there on the Star Slayer YouTube channel. You might have also seen her in Robot Combat League and Ultimate Gamer. Now she's doing some cool stuff with Newegg. So please welcome our guest, CG Star Slayer Thornton. Hey, <laughs> how's it going, guys? Excellent! <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, we give you like such a hardcore like entrance. You're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a guitar. I can't like do like some cool shredding intro. Oh yeah, maybe I can add like a post like some like guitar hero riffs <laughs> or something. Like that. Yeah. Just like intro music. Da, 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 da. Thank you. I'm I know it's like Bill and Ted's or something like. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You just throw up the guitar, your hands, whatever. We're ready to just get that. Riff right, going. get that star power somehow, right? <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get to the guitar hero stuff. But first, before we get to that i'll tell you who's not into guitar hero david and that's joe biden he seems to have a problem with the gaming community yeah yeah so there was a new york times interview uh with joe biden who is uh, one of the presidential candidates uh, right now running for the 2020 campaign and um he was asked like under the obama administration silicon valley's power actually expanded greatly there are very few mergers blocked do you have any regrets about that 
And um, somehow that like turned into, you know, into him like talking about uh, some Silicon Valley leaders who uh, one of them who he calls one of the little creeps, <laughs> basically. God. And um, he basically responds to saying at one point, one of the little creeps sitting around that table who is a multi close to a billionaire uh, told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games to teach you how to kill people. Um, and so when he was asked, like, if he was referring to video games, in that case, uh, he, he, you know, he affirms that that is the case. So um, this is, I mean, you know, it, it's not really too surprising considering uh, where, you know, where Biden kind of comes from, like in a generational capacity. I mean, like he, he is pretty much the definition of OK Boomer in this uh, in this take, really. Um, CG, I, I was kind of curious to kind of get your take first on this. What do you think about Joe Biden's uh, take, I guess, on just game developers, it seems in general? I was actually really surprised to hear that this came out of his mouth because he was part of the whole thing with all the gamers visiting the White House when Obama invited them, wasn't he? So it's like, I thought that went over really well. Like, they got to understand gamers a little bit better and they got to understand, like, the people who make games a little bit better and, and understand that, you know, video games don't cause violence and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So I thought he was going to be cool with the gaming demographic. I was really surprised <laughs> to hear something negative like that come from him. I mean, he's old Gaffy Joe, pretty much. I mean, like he yeah. he always seems to kind of say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And if you like pay attention at all to like the uh, to like the primary at all, I mean, like he's you know he, he's pretty much like known for kind of saying the wrong things at the wrong time. But uh, this is pretty much you know just like who he is. This is you know it's his generation. Um, you know, even like with as you said, their CG like you know with him being in the room and like seems like everything was cool, whatever. It's just kind of politicians just being, you know, bouncing around from one meeting to another. And I don't think he really kind of cares one way or another, like where the industry goes. He's just going to have that viewpoint. And I think he's always going to have that viewpoint um, in this case. So, yeah. yeah. But here's a problem. Here's a problem. There's two big things standing out about a statement that are completely wrong. Number one, are there even any game developers left in Silicon Valley? I mean, I thought they moved all to Los Angeles or, <laughs> or Santa Monica or, or, you know, one of the, well, the cheap. Well, our friend Dave Oshry actually responded saying that we can't even live there anymore. Like, I mean, it's just right. economically not feasible for us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could barely afford, like, one of the outskirts 20 miles out of Los Angeles. I could barely afford Denver. What am I saying? And, <laughs> you know, and number two, I mean, to teach you how to kill people. Now, I've taken a look at a lot of cases here, and very, 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 very seldom is there a case in which a game is proven to put some somebody's mindset into killing people see it's the exact opposite people play video games to relieve stress not to build it up and be like oh i'm gonna go to a 7-eleven and open fire no that's not how it works joe not sure. even close you i know? mean video games have had so much like scrutiny behind it uh you know as far as like how, you know how like the mainstream media depicts it uh, like, you know, throughout so many years, I mean, I still recall to this day uh, when Fox News depicted Mass Effect as uh, being like a sex simulator in a lot of ways because mm -hmm. of the fact you can like, you know, build like relationships with like, you know, you know, your your crewmates and all that you stuff. You mean like game. Ass Effect, right? Uh, ass Effect, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, like, it's not really too surprising, again, that Joe Biden would have this kind of like viewpoint. It, it's again, it's kind of like, it's, it's a generational thing. So I don't really think it really means all that much in the grand scheme of things. But it is kind of telling like, you know, with the type of person that he he is and um you know th this is you know this obviously isn't like a political podcast but you know it is pretty important really to know like where he stands on issues like this since we're all gamers and so. honestly saying it now when he's trying to get votes for the democratic nomination this is just no joe no 
Yeah, no, no Joe, exactly. <laughs> just say no to Joe. And I think we should turn to something more positive, though. And I love this story. Uh, we turn to a guy who, a father who went and built a custom Nintendo games controller for his disabled daughter so that she could take part in gaming as, as well. And I mean, I'm just looking at this story and it's absolutely heartwarming here. And uh, it has more than 800,000 views from when he posted that on Twitter. And it's just, it's surreal because, I mean, I believe she has a condition called hereditary spastic paraplegia. Yeah, it's paraplegia, yeah. So, like, she um, is basically, like, uh, this guy, Rory Steele. Uh, he's basically, like, um, like an IT person, like, you know, very, like, a uh, very tech-heavy kind of guy. Um, he basically built uh, this controller uh, from, like, parts, I guess, from eBay for about 110 pounds. Like, he's from the UK. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, basically, like, his daughter, Ava, who has, like, paraplegia, as you mentioned there. Uh, so, basically, it affects, like, her motor controls and her speech. And, um, you know, so basically he was able to build this controller like where she could actually play games. And so he, he posted up this video of her playing Breath of the Wild. And, um, you know, honestly, like it's, it's it, you know, it is very heartwarming, as, as you mentioned there. It's just really, really nice to, you know, to see uh, her be able to like play games just like how everyone else can. Because honestly, and, you know, I, I, you know, I said this over Twitter as well. Um, when we can all play, we all win in this case. And like it's really, really nice to, uh, you know, to see, uh, you know, to see this come through for her. Um, CJ, I was kind of curious, like, on what your reaction was when you first heard about the story. I think it's awesome. It's always great to see people helping each other and and being able to play games like this. Like when you find out that other people were helping him with suggestions on how to like improve the controller and stuff, because that is an insane controller. If you look at the back, the wiring on that, oh my gosh, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it took some soldering, he said, as well as some you know some wire management as well to kind of make that work. So. Um, he was able to build it in a weekend, it seems here as well. So, um, you know, he, he definitely put some work into it to get it like working for like his daughter here. But, um, you know, certainly the results pay dividends in this case. So it's really nice to see. Absolutely. Well done, Mr. Steele. And, uh, now take a good look at this, Joe, try that, you know, just, yeah, exactly. there are good (laughs) things happening in the game industry. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. And um, now to go back into killing people in the gaming industry. <laughs> wow, David, um, that took a next There is uh, the Mortal Kombat Collection Online, which apparently got leaked. And uh, if you don't know what this is, uh, this was basically uh, something that was, I think was uh, kind of like rumored for like a long while. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is essentially like a remaster or remake. I'm not quite sure, but it's, it's basically like a re- redoing of the Mortal Kombat trilogy, of the original trilogy. Um, with like upgraded art, gameplay, and online features, it says here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So like it, you know, it's it's really cool to uh, you know to see like uh, this apparently is all but confirmed, and it's coming to PlayStation Four, Xbox One, PC, and, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and instead of Mortal Kombat Three, I believe it's Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three because they did a collection like this previously for 360 and PS3, and it did really well. So seeing it again with the remastered visuals um, by Blind Squirrel Games, I believe it is because they were working on a project a couple of years beforehand before it got canceled. I mean, it's going to be great to see when it when it happens. But more than likely, we probably won't hear about it till E3, maybe PAX East. I don't know. I mean, but it is nice to see that it's making the rounds again, because I heard it was canceled a while back and I was kind of bummed for the team. And now it appears to be back from the dead. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, are you a Mortal Kombat fan all there, CG? 
Yes, I love Mortal Kombat and I'm excited about this, but I was a little bit confused because it says the release date is 121, which is in the past now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, that's true. <laughs> um, so what happened with that? Like, was it just like something old that was like scheduled to go up and it never happened? Or do they just have the a filler release date? Usually the release date will just say like 99 or something like that. Probably just a filler date. More than likely, we'll probably see it like after they stop their, um, after they complete their season one run of Mortal Kombat 11 because Spawn's coming in March. So after... After mm-hmm. that, we'll probably hear some sort of announcement to get us ready for summer. So that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm all down for that. I can't play my old Mortal Kombat games anymore because my old PlayStations died. Well, you can always get the RK One Up cabinet that has the Mortal Kombat games on there too. Yeah. So. Perfect for your apartment, CG. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be like a promo for it or anything, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And then there is uh, one more bit of fighting news that we wanted to share with you. A new spirit event is taking place in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate starting today, the 24th, and running through the next five days. And it involves Kyo Kun, which is also River City or Street Gangs here in the West. Uh, this includes a number of characters that will be pretty familiar for those River City Ransom fans, and uh, you'll be able to capture these spirits and use them as your own. And I got to admit, David, I'm impressed with what Super Smash Brothers doing i mean they have resident evil double you know they had definitely cry spirits now they got river city rants i mean seriously we're gonna get like shovel knight shantae who knows rayman again i mean yeah. there are a ton of possibilities here i love this for sure yeah and i think uh, there's also like astral chain spirits too yep uh coming mm-hmm. so uh but yeah this is like really cool like for me anyway because i'm a big kunio kun fan in general like with river city ransom river city girls and all that uh in fact we had a uh an Arcast mini uh not too long ago anyway where i got to speak with some of the people from way forward talking about river city girls and the river city franchise in general so uh definitely check that out but um you know as far as like celebrating the kunio kun franchise i am you know i'm all about this i think it's really cool and uh this is definitely a franchise that just deserves more love honestly I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, CJ, do you do much Smash at all? Not at all. I, I oh. looked at this and I was like, I don't know anything about this. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on here, but that's cool. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair, yeah. Well, if you're ever in the mood for like any beat-em-up style kind of action, uh, definitely check out River City Girls. I think you might enjoy that. So. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely your speed. And also, um, one more quick side rumor. Apparently rumored that Crash Bandicoot will be the first character in the second season. That's not what? confirmed, but that would be one heck of a crossover, especially if they announced it at E3. <laughs> People would go nuts just like they did with Banjo. Welcome! And that's going to lead us now to the part of the show called What Are You Playing? We get some games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So, CG, with you being our special guest, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? A whole lot of Overwatch, uh, some League of Legends TFT. I actually just got back into playing regular League of Legends. And, oh man, that game has changed a lot since the last time I played it. It's been probably like a year, and it's hard to keep up on all the changes. Um, And then Clone Hero. So those are the main ones right now. Yeah, we'll definitely talk more about Clone Hero, but I do have to ask you, who do you play in Overwatch? Because I play a fair bit myself. So. <laughs> yeah, um, my two mains right now are Diva and Moira, but you know, mm. I'm, I'm trying to learn all the characters. It's hard. I suck with about half of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of rotate around, but mainly those two. Yeah, I mean, like it helps like in that game, like where there's always like someone who you can kind of gravitate towards, no matter like what your skill level or how you kind of like approach first person shooters and all that stuff. So it's, 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 you know, it's pretty cool in that regard. Yeah, that's Soldier 76 here for me. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, how about you there, Robert? What have you been playing? I've been playing a few indie games. Uh, I've been playing Oddworld Stranger's Wrath on Switch, which I still can't talk about, but sometime next week I will touch up on it. Um, also, uh, Sikio Shooting Stars Alpha. Uh, this just came out this week for Switch. It's a collection of six old-school shooters, including stuff like Dragon Blaze, Soul Divide, the Strikers 1945 games. Uh, very good collection. It's a little light on history. It doesn't have as much history 
backup stuff as a SNK anniversary collection, mm. but it's good for shmup fans. I've also been playing this game called It Came From Space and Ate Our Brains Remastered. That sounds amazing. It is amazing. It's a top-down survival shooter where you have to take on hordes of aliens as you make your way from checkpoint to checkpoint. Uh, co-op for up to four players. Nice little retro-style visuals. It looks like Minecraft. It was put into a twin-stick shooter. Um, it's pretty well done uh, for for an you know, indie shooter. I've had a lot of fun with it, and I definitely recommend checking it out on Steam and Nintendo Switch. And then there's one more game I want to talk about here. It's a game from a, a writer and director, Tobias Jarnaby. It's called 1980X. And what it is, it's a 90-something minute game for like 10 bucks. And what it is, it spreads across five different genres that replicate games from the 80s era. This includes a side-scrolling beat-em-up, a shooter, an outrun-style racing game, and all sorts of others. And you you basically go through stage by stage as it tells the story. Now, what it lacks in length, it more to makes up in style, because it definitely has that 80s sort of vibe to it with its visuals. And then with its soundtrack, they have a number of artists, including Yuzo Koshiro, who contributed tracks to it as well. Um, this game, like I said, is short, but it definitely threw me off by surprise with its storytelling and its different arcade stages. So I got to heartily recommend it to you guys. If you're looking for old school goodness, this game has it. It's Sweet. very cool. And what have you been playing there, David, besides Overwatch? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so a lot of my time lately really has been into uh, Hollow Knight, actually. So I've been like working on like beating that. And I, you know, I, I did be like the main campaign in it. Uh, I do have, um, I think there's like some of the DLC that, you know, I still want to, you know, want to explore in it. But uh, this is definitely one of the best Metroidvania games that you can play today, honestly. It's, it's really, really good. And so it's a great fit on the Switch as well, honestly. Um, and the game code that I have the giveaway as well is you know is on the Switch, uh, so definitely check out She Remembered Caterpillars. So She Remembered Caterpillars is a fungi punk fantasy about love, loss, and holding on, told in the format of a color-based puzzle game. A tale about the bond between parent and child, this lush and bewildering title will have players testing their wits against a variety of challenges, some devious and others outright nefarious, but all beautiful and very, very strange. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Again, this is a Switch code. The code is C01PS6RR29RPP. H90. Again, that's She Remembered Caterpillars on Nintendo Switch. Enjoy. And if you do redeem that, definitely let us know at Arc Podcast on Twitter. Welcome back to the Stage of History. And with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So I figure since this is our Guitar Hero episode, we may as well talk about the original Guitar Hero here in Stage of History, uh, which is a 2005 music and rhythm game by Harmonix. Uh, Konami's Guitar Freaks franchise heavily inspired the premise and gameplay mechanics. Its song list spans five decades of rock from the 1960s through 2005, and the game started with super basic Pong-style graphics before deciding on cartoon-like live performances for the visuals. So uh, you can imagine just like you know, all, like all the all the decision-making like behind the scenes, like trying to figure out, I guess, like what the players are going to be like seeing as they're you know as they're playing. And it's a good thing that they kind of went with that more uh, cartoon style, like because I remember um, what was it like when you're playing like early on the career mode, you're like in like the uh, was it like in like the garage or basement or whatever you're doing like one of those like small time shows and everything is it's pretty cool to see and you work your way up to like the big concert like live concerts and all that uh so cg what can you tell us about your experience with the first guitar hero oh my gosh so i actually used to play guitar freaks uh at the arcade all the time and so when i first saw guitar hero i was actually at a blockbuster video and they had like another like little separate gaming section attached to it that was 
Um, you could basically try the games and play them before you buy them or before you rent them in this case. And they had Guitar Hero set up on the TV. So the first thing I thought was, oh, this looks like Guitar Freaks. This is pretty cool. And I tried it and I just like instantly fell in love. Like you said how it's a, it's a campaign. You know, you start, you're going through, you're trying to become the best band, uh, play at the best venues and all that. And I just thought the the idea of it is really cool. I love the characters. I fell in love with Judy Nails. Oh, Judy Nails. Yeah. <laughs> it was just over from there. Like it was love at first sight for me. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, for people who don't know, uh, how would you describe Guitar Freaks to people? Uh, Guitar Freak, so if you know what Guitar Hero and Rock Band is, it's a little bit more Rock Band-ish in terms of the way that the notes look, but it's just like a straight line instead of this like highway that goes out into oblivion, but it's a straight up and down, uh, the notes come down to up in reverse, and you just have to, yeah, play with three keys instead of five. Um, it's got some crazy uh, sound effects with the with the knobs and everything, and it's all like Japanese tracks. Um, the newer versions have like Dragon Force and stuff like that, but the original Guitar Freaks was all like Japanese music. Yeah, because there was like a Japan only franchise I know, and I, I remember playing a little bit of it in Japan. Um, but this is like before like Guitar Hero, and I was just like, what the hell is this guitar game? I don't know. I'm gonna play some some more Street Fighter instead. You know, so. <laughs> it was really hard. It is hard, yeah. The format was different, too. Guitar Hero, you had the easy-to-see notes. With Guitar Freaks, I think it was just lines. and you had Just to like, lines, yeah. Yeah, you just had to match it up specifically with the lines. So it was still fun. It was just it took a little harder to match up things with, in terms of the notes you're hitting rather than with Guitar Hero when they're scrolling right at you. So, mm-hmm. But I have two distinct memories of Guitar Hero because um, I remember when Red Octane, this was the original publisher before Activision took over for the sequels and it was really cool because they they had sent us a copy of the game and the guitar when i was working at aol game daily in san francisco for a couple of weeks and you know i opened it up and everything and be like oh yeah this would be cool to check out for about half hour or so so three hours later all productivity in the office stops because we're trying <laughs> we're trying to see who can get the highest score on something like bark at the moon or smoke on the water you know that that's that's how ridiculous it was and then the second thing i remember is that the game Actually, I believe there was an E3 show that year at Red Octane's booth in Kensha Hall. This was back before Kensha Hall got shut down and they went to the focus on the main halls. Kensha Hall was the big place for indie games. And Red Octane had a tremendous Guitar Hero booth that year. And it was packed. Like people couldn't get enough of playing this game and everything. And then it released and became a big hit. But I just remember specifically like this game looked like, oh, it's a guitar simulator. This will be fun. And then all of a sudden, holy crap, what time is it? 5 a.m.? Oh, <laughs> one, one more round of smoke on the water. You know, just... I mean, I remember when pretty much every tech company back in the day had a copy of Guitar Hero like set up somewhere. They would have like a TV set up with like a lounge area or whatever and Guitar Hero would just be like right there for anyone to play. Like it was a big, big deal. It was totally, and let me tell you what a big deal it was. When I first met CG at, around E for All, I thought she was Judy Nails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, everybody did. That was my name for about the first two years that Judy I was in Nails, the yeah. scene. It was just Judy Nails, and I answered to it. But yeah, no. She had the ragdoll red hair and all that stuff and the clothes. I mean, yeah, Judy Nails, personified. Exactly. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I remember we were like playing like a rock performance with Guitar Hero World Tour and like the drum kit break it kept breaking on me and I was like, oh man, I'm
And that's going to lead us now to Obscura. For Obscura, I wanted to look at a Guitar Hero game that maybe not everybody has heard of, because they had a number of arts that they did over the years that had their own Guitar Hero games, like Aerosmith and Metallica, but they also did a promotional tie-in with Van Halen. That was Guitar Hero Van Halen, which was released in 2009, and it was shipped as a free bonus for those that picked up Guitar Hero 5 prior, and it was available for PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and Wii. It's like an appetizer based for Guitar Hero 5, yeah? And like a, like a, a dessert afterward. It didn't have all the features that Guitar Hero 5 did, but it did have a selection of songs by Van Halen as well as artists like Billy Idol, Killswitch Engage, Jimmy Eat World, Judas Priest. There were some good songs on there. Mm. Queens of the Stone Age also. Big fan of them. I believe so. Yeah. And Tenacious. Or no, Queen. Not Queen of the Stone Age. I don't think they had. Oh, no, they did. They had 666. You're right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing is, there was a little bit of controversy with it because when they had the band on stage, it wasn't Michael Anthony, who's the bassist for Van Halen. He was replaced by Wolfgang Van Halen, who was Eddie Van Halen's son. But aside from that, you know, it was a great Guitar Hero game. It was a lot of fun to play. The songs were different. And there were different, like, costumes you could get for the characters. I swear, one of the costumes I unlocked was a cow costume for Wolfgang Van Halen. So he looked like he he, he looked like he was, like, a, a walking cow that played a guitar. And I'm like, wait, what? All right. <laughs> I don't know. But there it was. But, you know, songs like Dance the Night Away, Panama, you know, it, it had a good selection of Van Halen songs. And free you can't argue with free. That's that's just a heck of a deal. Um, oh, yeah. CG, I don't suppose you ever got this game, did you? Did you get? A copy I have of all of the Guitar Hero games. Well, then you have it. I mean, you know <laughs> yes. what, what a silly about. question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you had any particular favorites from this uh, game that you liked playing. Um, I, I'd say the ones that I enjoyed playing the most is Guitar Hero Two. Uh, Guitar Hero Metallica, and then uh, Guitar yes. Hero Smash Hits. Well, Smash Hits was good because that was kind of a re-release of the songs that were the cover songs in the original. Band, right. right. Yeah. Which, which the covers are really done well, but it was nice to have the official stuff. I think mm. it was a band called Soundwave that or wave some it was some sort of wave I think, name. yeah i think sound wave is right yeah it was yeah because they were basically doing like sound alikes of like the music that they had in the original um you know in, in like the original games i know mm-hmm. uh because they just didn't have like really the um i don't know i guess like the precedence in the industry yet in order to like ask for like the master tracks really but then yeah. like eventually as like you know it's like the franchise got you know got more popular than you know that they, they were able to kind of like uh you know to pull their weight a little bit on that so yeah. right it was always about on the right level there. Okay. And David, uh, have you played the Van Halen version of Guitar Hero? I've never played the Van Halen one, no. Like, the Guitar Hero games, I will say I have played, were Guitar Hero 1, 2, and 3. And uh, I played, like, a little bit of, um, was it, Guitar Hero Live as well. Um, but otherwise, I have, like, a big gap, basically, like, after Guitar Hero 3, pretty much, because that's when I kind of, like, you know, dropped off, like, the uh, franchise, like, entirely in that case. So, yeah. Hi. This is John J.P. Podlasic of Game Dev Advice. I'm a 30-year veteran of the game development industry and have a podcast where I interview artists, animators, programmers, designers, CEOs, and all different types of people that work in the game development industry. Whether you're an aspiring or an experienced game developer, you'll find useful, thought-provoking, and sometimes funny advice on the podcast. So check it out. So 
so that's going to lead us now to our main topic, which is celebrating the Guitar Hero franchise. So I figured that we'll first get into our first exposure to the series. Um, you know, in my particular case, I'll, I'll just mention real quick. Um, I, I remember playing it like over at a friend's house. Um, I think we were basically renting out like a like a lake house or something like that. So we basically just had like a whole like summer kind of like trip kind of thing. Uh, but we had Guitar Hero with us. And um, I remember like, you know, this was like the first time I was like seeing the game too. And I was a big Franz Ferdinand fan. And when I saw Take Me Out was like in the track list, I was just like, okay, I might have to pick up this game. And um, honestly, this is like the first game I remember that tore me away from Dance Dance Revolution. Um, it was just like, you know, because I, I was just like all about that, uh, you know, that whole franchise uh, for like so many years. Um, and then when I saw Guitar Hero, I was just like, okay, I guess this could be like my DDR fill-in in that case. So, and it just kind of tore me away from the franchise entirely. So, uh, th- you know, definitely had a lot of fun with that. But uh, CG, I was kind of curious to hear about what your, your your very first exposure really was to Guitar Hero. Yeah, it was it was when I was at the uh, the Blockbuster uh, playing it when I had it set up on display. And yeah, no, I just played ever since then. It used to be like the thing that we did every like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, friends come over and we all like compete against each other to see who who's the best guitar hero player. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was cool, honestly, like to see, you know, obviously like all the popular songs in there, but it was also cool to see like a lot of indie stuff there too. Because uh, like, I know there are like some indie Freeze bands. Pop. Oh, that was, or was that Guitar Hero too? Uh, well, Freeze Pop was in Guitar Hero 1 as well as 2, I think. Yeah, because they had like yeah. different songs in that. But I remember I was a big fan of Freeze Pop and um, That Handsome Devil as well as Guitar Hero 2, at least, because uh, I think they were in that one. But uh, it was just kind of cool to see like, you know, some some like smaller bands kind of get like their, you know, their time to shine. I think there was, uh, was it they had that like contest to like, um, you know, like how to be a guitar hero or something like that. Like they basically invited like a bunch of like bands to submit songs that could be added into the game. And I think for Guitar Hero 1, it was uh, Graveyard Barbecue, I want to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, Sheet on the Church, I think, was the name of the song. And it, I, I remember absolutely loving that song, too. So it was a really good choice on their part. And then on top of that, we can't forget about who achieved Holy Grail greatness from Guitar Hero. And that is, of course, Dragon Force. Yeah. Um, through the Fire and Flames became legendary. Like, if you could ace through the Fire and Flames, like CG has countless times, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it's then you know you've arrived. Because even on Easy, that song is a beast. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Max 300 of Guitar Hero in that case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to down five Mountain Dews just to keep up with what's going on. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. But Guitar Hero 2, there was a noteworthy addition of uh, the Trogdor theme. Yes. Which I thought was yep. excellent, of course, because you want to sc- you scream along as you play, you know, Trogdor! You know, it was really cool. I mean, I feel like that we wouldn't see, like, another, like, you know, track like that anyway. That's, like, you know, that's, like, from, like, another piece of media, like, entirely. Until we saw, like, um, was it? I think it was Rock Band that had... Um, uh, was a Cartman singing Poker Face? Was it? Oh my god, it's <laughs> no, so Tim, good. <laughs> Timmy and the Lord, Timmy and the Lords of the Underworld. That was that's great. the song. I love that song because I mean that's I still have it on Rock Band Four. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be played weekly. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so there were some nice little obscure songs that they threw out there. I remember, like at one point, didn't Stephen Colbert get a song in Rock Band too? That was I, weird. Maybe, yeah. I'm not like Charlene, sure. I'm behind you, or some. I don't know. <laughs> that's the name of the song. Look it up. I don't. I gotta know. look that up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was just so great because you know, like um, Harmonics, the original developers of Guitar Hero before they went over to work rock band they understood what made music rhythm games work so well i mean frequency amplitude they Mm. understood the notes to literally hit when it came to creating a music rhythm game they had that history really with those types of games so like it made sense when red i think it was red octane that like approached them i want to say uh to like make the game because they were able to make the guitar controllers but they needed like the developer that actually had like the history with that sort of thing 
Yeah. And it's kind of funny because, like, you know, we had them for the first two games, but then once Guitar Hero 3 came around, we didn't have the original developer or the original publisher. Right. Activision took over publishing, and Neversoft, who made a name for themselves with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, obviously, took over with Guitar Hero 3. And then all of a sudden, with that game, I mean, I looked up sales charts. It was one of the best-selling games between 2000 and 2009. That's yeah. how much it took off. And it was nuts because, like, you know, people couldn't get enough Guitar Hero 3. Like, oh, look, Slash is in it. And he brought Welcome to the Jungle with him. And they were going nuts. And the two-player battles. I mean, I think Guitar Hero 3 legit sold, like, about, like, a billion copies, right? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it it did phenomenal for them. But they also had marketing funds at that point. So Guitar Hero 1 and 2 got popular, but it was basically word of mouth. It was, like, people playing it and telling their friends about it and then their friends buying it. Yeah, it's a snowball effect in that case. So it's kind of amazing how popular it got and it was it's all like an evolution between like one and two and then two to three because with two you know it kind of moved up with its soundtrack you know the different model guitars and then with three you know it's like arc division's like we're gonna go all out and mm. they did you know we're gonna get slash and like all these like real people like basically in our game you know <laughs> yeah like not a single cover song in the house like everything was master tracks <laughs> that's how that's how devoted they were and then i don't know after that they, they started expanding more ideas you know guitar hero world tour um, they introduced the band set, Guitar Hero 5, but then it, it started to get, you know, a little heated because Harmonix signed on with EA and they had their own series, Rock Band, mm. with, of course, the drums. And that's why, you know, Activision's like, well, we can make drums, too. Here's a drum set. you know, Right. <laughs> Here's a microphone. We could do that. So yeah. That. And honestly, like, I feel like that's kind of like what led into the whole genre kind of like folding into itself, really, in that case, because you had like these two like major franchises now competing against each other, but they essentially did like the same thing in a lot of ways. Um, You know, so it's just like too much, I think, in like a short amount of time. And I think people just got burned out by it, you know? You know, and plus, I mean, some of the ideas were innovative. Like, there was the side series that had nothing to do with Guitar Hero, and that was DJ Hero by Freestyle Games. Mm. And that was really great when it came to introducing, like, these mixes you'd never thought you'd hear in a video game. And then, like, Harmonix, they tried this neat idea, I think is probably what led to the demise of the series, with the Beatles rock band. Mm, I mean, it was innovative, great song selection, wonderful artist you know and they even got like you know george and or, i'm sorry not george paul and ringo to come out for the xbox press conference like otherwise they wouldn't you know go even touch an xbox press conference. yeah i think yoko so, was there too right yeah yoko and uh, george harrison's widow too yeah and it was just kind of nuts they poured a lot of money into it and it didn't sell as well and i think that's ea started to see the decline of you know ideas despite the fact that the beatles rock band was probably one of the better rock band games out there from harmonics they went you know, incredible with their development on that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, again, it was just kind of like, it was just like too much and too short of a time, honestly, like where they were just kind of, you know, trying to take advantage of the popularity, obviously, of the genre at that time, like while it was hot, but it was just like, okay, it's just like drowning people now in plastic instruments at that yeah. point. You know? Not to mention like the legal trouble. You, you guys may not recall this, but a few years ago, uh, Band Hero came out. Uh, this is like I a spinoff thing that focused on, and it was like they had celebrity characters in it, like Kurt Cobain was in it, I believe Johnny Cash was in it, but you could use them as skins for other songs. So I, I swear, Kurt Cobain was singing a completely different song than he's normally used to and the, you know the people who license those rights they were not happy I like a blink 182 like, song by kurt cobain or something <laughs> yeah like you know I, I like that doesn't fit at all so i'm sure there was a big legal battle of that i forgot what happened but i think there was a settlement reached and activision's like we don't know if this is worth it anymore 
Yeah, because I remember there was like Band Hero and uh, Rocksmith also came out too. That was like yeah. meant to be like the more realistic guitar game, basically. Yeah. And the funny thing is, Rocksmith is still thriving. You know, years later, they're still releasing songs for it. It still has a strong community. My buddy Dan Amrich, uh, one of Swords, mm. he works with that team. Uh, so they still got a lot of support there. Uh, they're just obviously not releasing, you know, yearly games or bi-yearly games or games that have to do with artists like Green Day or Beatles or whoever. They're just focusing on their product and adding to it, sort of like Harmonix did with Rock Band 4. It doesn't really have Rock Band 5 in the cards, doesn't really need it. You yeah. Know? So, I, I don't know. I mean, CG, what do, you, what do you think was the point in which Guitar Hero started to decline? I think Band Hero just kind of because it, they got to a point to where it was like they just wanted Guitar Hero to be in everybody's house. They wanted everybody to have at least one copy of some sort of version of Guitar Hero. And so they were trying to expand to reach new markets like, OK, well, let's do Band Hero, which is essentially just Pop Hero and try to get the the younger kids and the you know the girls and try to get them in there and they they really strayed away from what it was all about like it was all about like rock music and feeling like you're in a band and feeling like you're actually like playing the guitar and then when you're playing a a guitar instrument and you're playing songs that are like piano notes like it kind of starts to kill things it starts to kill the the realistic element of it somewhat and it It betrays the premise really in that case yeah Yeah, Yeah. yeah i don't know i mean but they it's weird because then they, they kind of went back, you know, with Metallica. And then when they went back to smash hits, like, okay, good. This is, this is what we want. This is what we want. And guitar hero five was pretty good. But then it's just like, at that point, it's just like you guys said earlier, it's just oversaturated. There's so many versions of so many games out there right now. And so many different peripherals that are also not compatible with the other versions. So then you have to keep your guitar hero, one guitar and you guitar hero, two guitar, you guitar hero, three guitar, guitar hero five or world tour guitar, because none of those, work for the other versions and it just yeah. became too much which kind of became like a little bit of a scam if you kind of think about it in, in that way i mean like it was just like yeah. really kind of like skeezy kind of business tactics i feel like that they were doing that when i recognized that like after guitar hero 3 i was just like yeah i mean like th- this is like enough for me honestly because it was just getting too too expensive honestly at that point as you were saying like you know they they wanted everyone to have guitar hero like in like their home like one you know one guitar hero in their home in in some cases they wanted like two three four plastic instruments like in your house basically like where everyone's house basically felt like a warehouse of like plastic instruments yeah. at that point it, it just it just got too much and you know as i mentioned before it's just the oversaturation in that case so yeah. yeah and then once uh once guitar hero warriors of rock the last game in the traditional series came out it just didn't sell well i mean despite the fact that you know activision never saw we're going back to basics oh we're gonna have rock we're gonna have gene simmons announce everything in a demonic voice we're gonna have <laughs> hell hell thing we're gonna have a great soundtrack by then you know it was just everybody was like well we're tired of this now right and right. It, it's kind of sad because at that point that was actually a fun game and you could port over songs from previous guitar hero games so you could keep a lot of your library whether it's dlc or port overs from other songs but by that point after like that game failed like they shut down they didn't shut down neversoft they folded them over into infinity ward and they just did all these other things and just essentially said goodbye to the series until 2015 this is the interesting comeback I didn't see coming. Like after Harmonix started to get back on board with Rock Band 4 with its traditional setup, 
they tried something entirely different with Guitar Hero Live. And CG remembers this because I saw her at the event prior to the game's release, and we played a few songs with it. Um, just a complete revamp of the series. I mean, they had like live performances where the audience actually interacted, depending how you're performing, they either booed you or they cheered you. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a guitar redesign instead of the five buttons up and down. It's just three buttons top, three buttons bottom, which threw a lot of people off, if I recall. I, I got into it, but I know some people were bothered by it. And then instead of DLC, they did like an on-demand channel. Like you could order songs, but you had to pay for them. So you didn't really get to keep any of the additional songs. You just played it, and then if you wanted to play it again, you had to order it again. It was a Guitar Hero Netflix, basically. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and I think that turned a lot of people off, too, because they like to build up a library. I think that's why Rock Band 4 still thrives. They still release DLC on a weekly basis, and people continue to build their library, whereas Guitar Hero Live... With that service shut down now, they shut it down a year and a half ago. All that's left are the 42 songs on the disc. And, you know, it's just, it feels like a shutout. I feel like Guitar Hero Live wasn't able to thrive because there were some neat ideas that were implemented into it. But by the same token, a lot of the stuff was completely limited compared to how the original Guitar Hero games were. I feel like if Guitar Hero Live came out like a year or two after it actually came out, I feel like it would have been more of a success because people would have been like more inclined, I guess, to buy into a subscription type model where like there might be a rotation of songs that come in and now just like a Netflix, like with like its movies and whatnot. Um, you know, like where they're, they're, you know, they're constantly getting like new licenses or re-upping the licenses or whatever, maybe, and just kind of adding more songs so that it just makes it so that, um, you know, you're always like kind of playing something different, like every, you know, every month or every few months or whatever it may be. Um, CTO, I was, was kind of curious on your experience with like Guitar Hero Live and just like what you thought when you saw Guitar Hero come back with this. Yeah, I went through so many different stages with that game. So like when I first heard about Guitar Hero Live and like I saw that what the peripheral is going to be and stuff like that. I was just like, no, why Why would you do that? Like, why are you doing this again? Like, throwing brand new peripherals out there. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe it's good, right? Because we've been dealing with the same thing for years and years and years. And maybe this is going to be a new challenge. Maybe finally, like, all of the people who are, like, super competitive with it um, will we'll be able to challenge ourselves again because that's a lot of maybes though, of yeah. <laughs> yeah but but then i don't know it's like i i like the idea of guitar hero live i didn't like the fact that you had to pay for songs if you wanted to expand your library because i thought the basic uh songs that the game came with wasn't enough and a lot of the good stuff was on guitar hero live and it's like you had to either sit there and wait for the window of your favorite music to start playing or, yeah, you had to give in and you had to purchase. And I, I wasn't a fan of that. And just the fact that none of the other Guitar Hero guitars are compatible. This guitar doesn't work with anything. So, yeah, I was just, I was kind of disappointed. Like, I, I just really wanted them to go back to, like, just be like, hey, you know what? We're sorry. We're going back to Guitar Hero 1 and Guitar Hero 2. Five buttons, just like usual. Just hardcore rock and metal music. And that's it. Like, I didn't need the fancy stuff in the background. Yeah, it was cool to be able to go to the event and say I'm in one of the music videos or whatever. But it's all money that didn't need to be put into it. Mm, I feel like it could have been spent better ways. Sometimes with a series, it it helps to go back to basics. And I think Activision is slowly learning that. I think between the failure of Guitar Hero Live 
And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. I mean, Activision said they want to look at their classic IPs and give them a second chance. I don't know if Guitar Hero is on that list because of the cost of the peripherals, the rights to the songs and all that. But if they got Neversoft to work on it or the team that's left from Neversoft, it's an Infinity Ward now. If they went back to the traditional five button design, if they went back to traditional DLC, I think there might be a different tune. And the reason I say that, I take a look on eBay and like Rock Band 4 kits are selling for over 300 bucks on Xbox One and PS4. Guitar Hero Live kits are selling over 100 bucks. And not on Wii U. Wii U, you could pick up for a penny, but yeah. you know, everything else, <laughs> everything else, like Xbox One, PS4, over 100 bucks. It's nuts how there's still a demand for people who still want to rock out, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's always the possibility, but I mean, then again, it is Activision and they might be focused on their core stuff, Call of Duty, whatever Blizzard's doing. I, I mean, feel like if the Guitar you know, if, if the guitar Hero franchise did come back in some way, it, it would go into like a Netflix type of model, honestly. And as much as I wouldn't want to see that personally, that's what I see Activision doing. If, if that, you know, if this franchise does come back in some way. With that said, I don't think the franchise is going to come back in any sort of way. And like, yes. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think that's like a, that's like a topic that you wanted to cover there there too robert right yeah i'm I'm just basically touching the bases here i think if it did come back it'd have to come back in a more traditional model we've already seen that if you change too much with the with a franchise people are going to be like what the hell is this i mean like cg just said with guitar hero live if it goes back to a traditional design i mean there's no way it wouldn't succeed the only reason that like rock band 4 tanked is because if i recall mad cat's I believe ran out of money trying to make all the peripherals or something like that. I know they weren't. <laughs> I exactly definitely believe that. <laughs> yeah. They weren't the greatest partner, but harmonics still supports the game like a bandit and people are still playing songs in it all the time. So, I mean, the demand is there for a music rhythm game to create these memories and everything. I I'd like to think somewhere, you know, guitar hero can come back, but then again, David, how long have I been talking about? I want blur to come back. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, CG, uh, you did mention clone hero there earlier. Uh, do you feel like that there is even a need for guitar hero to come back with clone hero now? Um, not necessarily. No, it, it would be nice if it did, because I think it would be good for, everybody to get back into guitar hero because not everybody has a good pc not everybody has a lot of storage space because there are thousands and thousands of songs on clone hero Uh, not everybody still has their old guitars and as rob mentioned earlier the prices of guitars and peripherals and stuff like that right now are just it's through the roof it's insane Mm. how much people are paying just to try to get their hands on on an old guitar hero guitar um the great thing about clone hero is it supports multiple versions of these um peripherals so anybody who has, if you just have your an Explorer, if you just have a Guitar Hero 5, any one of those guitars from those versions, you know, it'll work. Mm, uh, map the buttons I know in that one, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really great. The community is putting a lot of hard work into it, and they are basically taking the best parts of all the Guitar Heroes, and then on top of that, adding things that we have always wished we're in the game, like the ability to put our own music videos in the background and things like that. And uh, I don't know if you guys actually watched the video games done quick live stream oh, yeah. recently mm-hmm. where they actually featured it and they showed the the capabilities of this version of, you know, it was essentially a guitar hero clone um, to have a music video playing. You basically, the highway disappears. There's a music video playing in the background and it does all these crazy animations and stuff that you would never see in guitar hero. Um, just the creativity coming from these people who are huge fans of the game is stuff that you would never see coming out of Activision. So it, I'm happy that Clone Hero exists. I, I do wish that Activision would 
maybe reach out to the people working on Clone Hero and get them involved mm. to get it done right and make sure the community is getting what they deserve out of the next Guitar Hero. But I really don't know if they would do it. As much as I, I would love that idea, the, the the licensing like involved with that would be insane. Like I, I don't think anyone would, would really take that on from a legal sense, really. Um, otherwise, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like Clone Hero is just going to be Clone Hero. I don't think it's just going to be. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be monetized in any sort of way, really, in, in the you know in this big crazy way. Um, you know, unless it's like within the community or whatever. But otherwise, I don't think you're going to have like Activision like pick up on them, unfortunately. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, you know, I think it is really cool that they are keeping. Uh, this like music and rhythm franchise basically live through like their own thing basically that basically gives you the ultimate guitar hero experience more or less um it's just that you know again the rights issues i mean you're just not going to be able to get that with all the music involved yeah artists would want their like you know they want their royalties from that i mean that's why led zeppelin won't touch it because you know yeah. they're like well we can't do it. Are you kidding me i mean we don't want these people playing our songs some people are just not like that so clone hero is the only alternative it seems yeah but you know what screw those people who don't want to work they're they're stupid if they wouldn't want to get involved in something as big as guitar hero and especially if they have the proof the thing about working off from something like clone hero is like they can see how many people download a song. They can they can find out from the people who created these songs how many people downloaded it. So they can get those numbers and they can get that demand and say, hey, listen, like there have been 50,000 people that downloaded this song in the first week alone. Like your stuff is in demand. I mean, I'm not saying it's like completely impossible. It would just be insanely difficult for sure. <laughs> but think about, and money-wise, think about how much money they spent on having Playboy Playmates slide across the floor for promotions. <laughs> Uh, they can come up with the money. <laughs> for sure, for yeah. sure. And I'll tell you, the really cool thing about Clone Hero is just watching how nuts some of these players are. I remember watching games done quick and watching this dude just like way away. I'm like, hey, this would be a great challenger for CG. And CG was all like getting back at me. What are you, nuts? This guy <laughs> <laughs> was like 6,000 notes a second. What do you know? Right, which does bring <laughs> us actually to going into your competitive history actually with Guitar Hero there, CG. So um, what can you tell us about like how you got into playing competitively in Guitar Hero? Oh man, we're talking way back in the day now. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody. We are a retro podcast, so yeah. <laughs> I do want to mention before she gets out. I want to mention one great memory here, and that is when she performed Guitar Hero during Video Games Live back in 2012. Oh, I did it three times. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, uh, I'm just remembering pulling up the video here. I didn't realize. Yeah. Remember that one time there, CG? That- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just yeah. I'm looking at the hold the line video. I didn't find the other. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Well, let's see. I I first got into Guitar Hero uh, competitively because of MySpace. I don't know if anybody mm. listening to this remembers MySpace back Remember in the day. back in the day with MySpace? <laughs> you had Tom as a friend? <laughs> I had a playlist next to my name and I was showing off the songs I was listening to at the time. It was so good. It was on your top eight, yeah. <laughs> oh, so uh, MySpace, you, you could do like events and stuff like that and promote things on there, kind of like Facebook events. But um, on my profile, I had stated that I loved Guitar Hero and I had just moved out to Texas and somebody actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm actually doing a Guitar Hero tournament. It's actually a bunch of different tournaments rolled into one. It's called the Midnight Gaming Championship. You should stop by and check it out. And I checked it out and it was amazing. It was like an eight week long series of tournaments. Guitar Hero was one of those games. Basically, anybody who won got first place or uh, placed high enough to accumulate enough points to move on to the state championships. And uh, people just got a kick out of the fact that it looked like Judy Nails. Um, so, uh, 
my looks combined with um, just my passion for the game just ended up taking me to all new levels. I ended up making it to the state championships. And the next thing I knew, I was getting uh, invited out to various invitationals. MTV came out to film me. Um, because of the fact that I got sent to all these events where like all the good players were, I actually was really lucky and got really good really quick because my competitors were were amazing and they were like way better than me. Um, so yeah, starting in 2006, basically around the time Guitar Hero 2 came out was when I started competing and I did that for about six years and it was awesome. I really wish it was Guitar Hero tournaments now still. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like it seems like I mean that 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 like competitive spirit, I guess, like still lives on with awesome games done quick and like you know with like Clone Hero and all that. Do you feel like you would ever like kind of I guess like get back into the game if you will like with Clone Hero? Yeah, I mean, I still play guitar or Clone Hero. Um, I don't play it as much as I should, but that's actually something that is like one of my resolutions for this year is I want to get back into Clone Hero and I want to be making more videos and stream it and stuff like that because. If anything, seeing that this hasn't died and seeing that the community is just growing and growing and growing and also just seeing the video games done quick and and all of that, it's just really like inspired me to want to get back in and want to be able to hang with these guys. Like seeing the the skill gap right now between me and, uh, you know, the person that you saw on stream um, yeah. recently, it's like... It was like the hammer-ons or whatever? I need, like I need he was a just lot like of work. the wall of notes or whatever? It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you know... I want to get there. And so uh, I got a lot of work ahead of me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I definitely believe you because uh, we've definitely seen your skills before. And I think, uh, you know, oh, I feel yeah. like you could definitely get yourself back into uh, guitar hero shape, if you will. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in your blood. I mean, you're Judy Nails. You are Judy Nails, exactly. Judy Nails, that's my biggest gripe with the Guitar Hero series is that they took away the main characters. Well, as soon as we took it away, like, I was like, no. Well, DDR kind of did the same thing because, like, it had, like, all those, like, crazy characters as well, like Afro and whoever, like, the dancing baby thing yeah. was or whatever. Wait, you played as a dancing baby? <laughs> well, the, uh, like, there was, like, a dancing baby who was, like, one of the, like, characters you could choose from, like, in the old DDR games. But, like, they kind of did away uh... with, like, a lot of that stuff. Like, they, they still show the characters, like, in, like, kind of cameo senses, like, throughout the game. But you don't actually pick the character who's, like, you know, dancing, like, on screen or anything anymore. So. I see. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, if you're playing a dancing baby in a game, David, <laughs> we need to get video of that. I mean, it, it's it's happens, uh, you know, it's it's there, it's all there. So you know, just play like Supernova or whatever. So you know, it's all there. <laughs> and we also want to kind of get into some listener responses here. We definitely had a lot of listener responses, as CG mentioned. There's still a lot of passion for this franchise, so we had a lot of good responses. I had to really narrow it down here. Uh, so, you know, and this is basically on favorite guitar hero memories. So starting off with Mega Daffy, who we've had on the show, uh, says I spent many hours playing Guitar Hero Three: Legends of Rock and Metallica, probably the best guitar hero. Um, so I guess we should quickly mention uh, what we th- each think is our best guitar hero. And um, CJ, I think you said Guitar Hero 2, right? Yeah, that's like always going to hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, I think Guitar Hero 2 is mine as well, honestly, just because um, I feel like it just kind of did everything to improve upon the first game, but it didn't, I don't know, it still had its whole soul as opposed to selling out a little bit of its soul, like how Guitar yeah. Hero 3 did. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I remember having a custom Explorer guitar with my name on it, the DCD, because right, CG actually introduced me to these decals that you could put on it. You mm-hmm. could order them from this company and stick them on the guitar. I was like, yeah, this is mine. 
Microsoft. That was a big deal back then. I forgot about yeah. that. Putting the, yeah. the yeah. cows on the, on the controllers. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, then there's also Jason, the Mr. J, who we've had on for our Disney episode. So definitely check that out. Uh, he says, this franchise holds such a spot in my heart. I spent days and incredibly long nights taking turns trying to master through the fire and flames with my closest friends. That was also my introduction to Dragon Force, who remains one of my favorite bands. And I think uh, Guitar Hero is certainly a, an introduction for Dragon Force for a lot of people, for sure. So... Uh, then there's also Michelle Sorge, which I believe is a friend of yours, Robert. Um, yep. She says, well, I have a fairly long history with the games myself. I've been playing them since Guitar Hero 2 and still play today. I own every major and specific artist release that came out for both Guitar Hero and Rock Band, making that 20 plus titles. I largely play the Beatles and Green Day releases, as well as Rock Band 4, uh, which I have more than 400 songs for. Some say musicians should play their instruments instead of the games, but as a drummer, you're still basically matching the real song on Expert, just with fewer drums and cymbals. It's still fun to me. Um, so, CJ, I was kind of curious in your take with that, actually, like if you feel like, you know, because obviously playing the guitar instrument or, or, or the, the, the guitar controller uh, isn't the same as playing an actual guitar, but do you feel like that the drums is a little closer to being one-to-one? Um I don't have too much experience playing real drums, so I can't give an actual like response in terms of my thoughts on that. But I have been told from my friends who play drums um, and that have played the drums that it is very similar. They're just saying if you can play Expert Plus like on Metallica or something like that, then you would be able to sit down in front of a drum set and pretty much play that song. Probably like during like the closing moments of a rock band song when it says jam out, that's when you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's Hannah Railsback, who says, I was part of the first co-op team in history to full combo Freebird. Also the first person in history to full combo the song on both single player and co-op in the same day for that song by extension. So, uh, CJ, I'm not sure if you know this particular person, Hannah Railsback. I don't know. Uh, were they part of like Pandora's Mighty Soldiers or something like that? Because uh, they, they had a... Uh... A rock band group that was really good. I mean, they don't say here, but I mean, ah. she just says that she was part of the first co-op team in history yeah. to full combo Freebird. So, yeah, it was no, sure. that's that's really good. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, one thing I should also mention: uh, there's a lot of female responses here, actually. So, like, there's definitely like, a huge female demographic, really, like for like you oh, know, yeah. for like Guitar Hero fans. It's just really cool to see. Um, then there's a uh, Kirk Lamarand who says, even though I'm a guitarist, I remember my non-musician friends kicking my ass playing these games, um, which that certainly makes sense. It's definitely very different skill sets for sure. Yeah. Um, Cody Hensley, who says, I made hundreds of dollars beating through the fire and flames for people in high school. They would get me to beat oh, it and yeah. call their friends and be like, check my gamer score, bro. It was easier times. <laughs> because we know what people need those achievements too. So yeah, it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a one song you can't be it's like you got to get somebody to do it for you so do you remember making like a racket like that yourself there cg <laughs> i used to do yeah people used to invite me over to play guitar hero or, or rock band and then that was always the thing they're like so there's this one achievement that i can't get i'm like just give me the guitar give me right. the guitar <laughs> yeah, this guy made like a business out of it for sure so yeah. uh then there's chris knight who says guitar hero 2 had the best all-time set list i discovered so many bands while playing that as a teen and like I could definitely relate to that. Uh, Manuel Vera, who says, winning $6,000 at a competition in La Curacao. Another competition I entered was for a car. However, we didn't get enough points to win. Afterwards, the crowd asked the winning band to play Painkiller, but they couldn't do it. So my team went up there and gave the crowd what they wanted. Epic. So, uh, CG, can you explain about uh, Painkiller? I don't know if you remember playing that. Yeah, it's one word, ouch. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it lives up to the name, so it, yeah. It literally did not kill your pain, it created it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pain it's, creator. It's, it's a hand killer is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, then there's Josh Tavina, who says, I played through the Fire of Flames on Expert in a Circuit City because an employee there saw me playing and dared me to. By the time I finished the song, I had a crowd around me and they applauded when I finished the song. So. Yeah, dude, people really love watching people who are good at Guitar Hero. There's so many times I went to like CES or some sort of convention where it's a little bit of an older demographic and people who aren't as familiar with Guitar Hero. I just go up there and start playing. You play an expert, and all of a sudden there's a swarm of like 20 to 100 people just like, what's going on? What is this? This is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I know with DDR, it's the same way too, honestly. Like yeah. you watch like people yeah. play who are like insane at the games. It's like, how do your feet even work like that? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this though. If I'm shopping in a Circuit City and they dare me to do something, that doesn't automatically mean I'm going to do it. I mean, Guitar Hero is one thing, but I'm like, I dare you to throw this record at somebody. No, I'm leaving. I'm going to bed. <laughs> See you later. Right, right. Uh, then there's Anthony Scats who says, beating cowboys from hell, shouting, yes, scaring my college roommate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's Dale Hodgson Trigg who says, being wankered with mates who had never played it before and at about 11 p.m. dragging the big Guitar Hero 3 box with drums, etc. out of the cupboard and said, fancy a go. Four hours later, an achievement popped up saying we had been playing for four hours. Song after song, one instrument swap after another. So much fun. So definitely a lot of like you know time spent there for sure with the Guitar mm-hmm. Hero. Then there's Zoe Kirk Robinson who says, playing Guitar Hero 2 so much that every time I hear shout at the devil, I see colored discs fly towards me. Shout! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chris Mecklemann, who says, top five player for guitar on Expert in Metallica for the Wii. Finished Black Widow of La Porte on Expert with five stars as well. Took around 100 tries, though. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So, CG, can you explain your experience with that song or, like, just, you know, with what this guy's saying here? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if he counts it the same way that I do. So, basically, I play, and if I mess up a note, I just stop and restart. So I'm assuming that's not like 100 playthroughs all the way through. I'm assuming Probably that's not. 100 playthroughs yeah. stopping and restarting. And yeah, it gets it gets really frustrating, especially because you have to stop and take breaks, um, sometimes even for days, just because you get to a point to where if you're messing up, sometimes you have that muscle memory just in you mm-hmm. and you're you're continuously making the same mistake in the same spot over and over again. And it's really hard to kind of like, drop that and like reset yeah your brain gets fried at that point pretty much yeah <laughs> for sure that's the real painkiller right there that's it right. yeah <laughs> uh then there's bethan corefield who says the day i managed to get 1000 g on every game uh, on every single game of uh, 1000 g if you don't know is the gamer score from xbox 360 days basically um uh, music games are my favorite genre i have a lot of love for these games so definitely a hardcore fan there cg so <laughs> yeah i don't even have like <laughs> i don't think a lot of people know this but i don't even have all of the achievements for all the guitar hero games really? um i know right like for a while that was the only game i played when back when xbox 360 came out i got it because i actually won uh enough money to get one from a guitar hero competition and i used it to get the xbox version because all the tournaments were starting to use xbox now instead of playstation mm. so um yeah so for the longest time it was like uh it's, you know star slayer has like three games it's all guitar hero those are the only points that she has uh, but yeah no there's some that i just like i i uh i didn't get all the points and then it's been so long that it's like now i can't because it's like online versus achievements right. and stuff like that so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I guess I'm going to 
forever not have those points. I know, yeah. It's like a black <laughs> mark on your record, I think. I know. I'm not a real guitar hero player. I know. Are you a real Take fan? My card away. <laughs> hey, you probably get more achievements than I do. You you qualify. Yeah, same, same here, same here. Uh, Alex Binford, who says, we're still keeping this game franchise alive to this day by playing Clone Hero. So many yeah. songs to choose from. If you can think of it, it's probably been charted. So, mm-hmm. um, so I have to ask you then, CG, what is the craziest song i guess that you found a clone here you're like oh my god i can't believe that this is here there's a lot of really weird custom songs that people have made like they're not legit songs it is like they just like mix it up take bits and pieces from different songs then just have random kids screaming in your ear there's all oh, sorts of weird stuff in the memes folder if you go on the chart mm. yeah I think there was one called Jazz or the Technicolor Tango of Mindy Biscuits or something like that. That was really weird. (laughs) Mindy Biscuits in the Ran. I'm like, that's just one of the songs I'm looking up here because there are a bunch of weird Clone Hero videos. Man. All right. Uh, Then there's John Joseph who says Guitar Hero Nights. That shit turned into full-on Guitar Hero parties. I definitely know about that. Yeah. Uh, Joe Ovenden who says still play it. Wife even slaps bass these days. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a fan. Uh, excursion there. Uh, Joe Zirkel, who says, I pre-ordered the original on PS2 before it came out. The only pre-order I've ev- I've ever done, actually. I was big into Dance Dance and had played the arcade cabinet of Konami's Guitar Freaks for years at that point, and finding out Harmonix, makers of Frequency, Amplitude, another of my favorite rhythm series, and Red Octane, makers of Quality Pads for the home DDR ports, were partnering on a Guitar Freaks ripoff was all I needed. So, uh, sounds like a very similar background as you there, CG. But no, but see, I didn't know about it ahead of time. He on a mailing list for Red Octane or something? Because I had Inside no information. <laughs> <laughs> I just stumbled upon it and it was like, oh, this re- this is releasing in like a week or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, birthday present because it was in December. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't get any sort of, I didn't have a heads up like that. That's crazy. So Joe Zirkel, you have some explaining to do there. Yeah, I want to know, Joe. Who do you know? Right. <laughs> and uh, the last one we have here is from Jace McCormick. He says, worked at Best Buy from 2005 to 2007 when Guitar Hero dropped. Our store only got four boxes of the first game. I had to wait for my shift to end to buy it, but once I did, we had Guitar Hero Nights all through college. Met other musicians and a few touring bands uh, during the emo phase of the late 2000s and had band members over to my house for Guitar Hero Nights when they came to town. By the time Guitar Hero 2 came out, our store had so many shipments coming in that I would sell five to six a day and I got paid to demo it for customers every day. Sweet gig. When I first met my future wife, our second date was a Guitar Hero date night. We were both musicians. I was a trumpet player and she was saxophone. I tried to impress with my ability to play on the hard mode setting, her being a woodwind instrument player. She tried expert mode first time and was able to crank it to almost pure perfection. It was scary. (laughs) We expanded our collection to include Guitar Hero 2 and 3 and we eventually married. I still never fully mastered expert mode. We look forward to sharing this game neatly tucked in storage with our sons when they are a little older. So it's pretty cool to see Guitar Hero uh, move on into, um, you know, like, you know, from a generation in that case uh, with people like you, you know, who played it. Now they're going to like introduce like their kids to it as well. So it's pretty the cool. Older games will never die. I love it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So thank you very much to everyone there for sharing your Guitar Hero memories. Definitely a lot of good ones there. And uh, definitely very hard to narrow that one down, but we had a lot of good ones for sure. And uh, Robert, I believe you have a game code to give away. 
Yeah, I don't have that many music rhythm games to give away, but I do have One Finger Death Punch 2. This is where you use rhythm-based abilities to take down enemies in a very stylish manner with stick figures. So, of course, it's a great game. Here's a code for it on Steam. It is Z4BXBM69WAR2G56. That is for One Finger Death Punch 2 on Steam. Enjoy. If you do redeem... Hit us up at twitter.com slash podcast to let us know. Indeed. And I just want to give a shout out to, to our patrons, Francisco Limas and Mac V. Ball. So thank you very much, guys, for helping support the show. And if you, too, would also like to support the show, you could check us out at patreon.com slash artcast. And I do want to give one more shout out here. CG's working with Newegg now, and they did just announce a huge partnership between Newegg and Counter Logic Gaming. So congrats to you, CG. That's a great deal. Yay. Yeah, that's why I'm so busy. Everybody's <laughs> <All the time. laughs> like, let's hang out. And I'm like, ah, I'm still working. And they're like, what are you working on? For the longest time, I couldn't say anything. Um, so yeah, this is like my first really big, big thing since starting at Newegg, um, working with CLG. Um, so uh, we've actually, we're in the process right now, uh, working with Witwix. A lot of people knew him actually as a Guitar Hero player. Um, uh, won so many tournaments. Everybody knew who Witwix was. And then he uh, started streaming as a uh, speedrunner. So he's uh, built up quite a large audience as a streamer, uh, joined with CLG, and uh, we worked with him to build him basically his dream PC. Uh, he picked out his parts on his stream, and uh, pretty soon his, the video is going to go up of him building his PC. Um, and this is going to be a recurring thing with multiple uh, CLG team members. So if you guys are into custom PCs that are made for professional gamers, then make sure to check out what Newegg is doing with CLG. Mm, very cool very cool i might need to get one of those one of these days i gotta get back into pc gaming yeah as soon as i'm done playing uh, guitar hero yeah we'll get your clone hero rig right there so <laughs> yeah no these are some hardcore pcs this is like top of the line stuff here very nice. cool very cool and where can people go in order to find you online there cg you find me star slayer uh s-t-a-r-s-l-a-y-3-r so slash star slayer for pretty much everything twitter facebook instagram youtube twitch my presence online isn't too big right now uh but hopefully soon i'll be able to get back into everything mm, 2020 is the return of star slayer you heard it here yes! first <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know what? this is my first podcast in years so this is pretty exciting i haven't done a podcast in like quite a while and uh yeah that's rcast 191 in the books pretty much right there and uh if you want to follow the rcast on twitter we are at our podcast same thing on facebook facebook.com slash Arc podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Guilty Man. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the DCD. You can also check out my work at gameper.com as well as pcinvasion.com. And you can check out my videos at youtube.com slash the DCD1, where I talk about games that are a blast from the past, as well as stuff that I pick up at flea markets and pawn shops on the weekends because I shop. That's what I do. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at ardcast at retrozap.com, and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars, Animaniacs, or pop culture in general. There's also us with ARCast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. That is episode number 191 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro, and remember, Trogdor comes out in the night! <laughs> My voice... Uh,
try. <laughs> Burning, eating the countryside. That's just, I know I want to play it again. That's just, yeah. I I'm sure CG got the full combo of that, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll never be as good as CG, but I will. <laughs> we can still can try, though. You. We can still try. <laughs> I can teach you. Yeah, of course you can take me. You probably. I, I said I, teach you. <laughs> so, I can take you. You're my buddy. That's right. I'm on medium difficulty and you're on expert. <laughs> you my boy, Blue. <laughs> you're my boy. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Take care. Catch you later. I forgot you did three performances because I got I saw the video for video games live, but I didn't see yeah, the other two. Yeah, you did it oh. three times, and people were really mad. <laughs> they were like, "You just go to all these things so that you can win and take all the prizes." And I was like, "I'm sorry," and I never won again after that. All like, I do is win, win, win. <laughs> <What can Yeah>. I- <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally with the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.